Welcome to the Flying Solo Podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. I'm your host, Robert Gerrish. Flying Solo is an Australian online community and home to stacks of free resources, discussion forums, professional development tools, and a whole lot more. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. My guest today is Vanessa Emilio, CEO, founder, and practice director of legal123.com.au. Vanessa and her team specialize in legal agreements, forms, and templates, all written in plain English. Vanessa is very active within the, F- fly- within the Flying Solo community as a contributor, a writer, and general small business advocate. Thank you very much for joining me, Vanessa. Thank you for having me. Well, look, it's, it's really good to have you here. And I know that, um, you, as I mentioned in that intro, you, you contribute a number of articles to Flying Seller. And I see you popping up all over the place, being very generous with your time, um, helping small businesses with their legal issues, which is, between you and me, is a little bit rare. So we're, we're really, really, really pleased to, to have you within the community. Now, you've written an article recently, which I know is, is something of a, um, uh, a kind of a hot button for you, something that I know you have some opinions on, which is all around this issue of social media. And your article was entitled, Avoid Being Sued, Social Media and the Law. So perhaps just to get us straight into it, what's your, kind of, what's your overall thought of small business and their use of social media? Does it concern you? Absolutely. I, I honestly believe that there are so many people out there that don't understand the impact of social media, how it impacts their businesses, how it impacts how they interact with other people, how it can impact their sales. I think there's a lot of misinformation out there and that's really what I was trying to get across in a small part of that article. I think that um, just to give you an example, mm. there was a recent case um, where a woman on her Facebook page, she promotes herself, a lot of businesses promote themselves through social media or their business is solely on social media through Facebook and similar. And she wrote um, just a comment about how Sea Folly stole her designs. Mm-hmm. And she posted Sea Folly being a C-Folly, swimwear. the swimwear yep, designer. Swimwear. Okay. And she posted photos of their design and her design. She posted several Mm -hmm. saying, you know, clearly they've copied my designs. Well, Seafolly picked up on this. And, of course, they weren't too happy about it. Her, you know, she argued that, in fact, um, you know, it was her own personal Facebook page. It was pretty clear to her that there was, you know, a copyright breach. And Seafolly took her to court and won and said, sorry, you know, we didn't copy what you're doing is defamation. You know, it's not just your own private personal Facebook page. That is your business page. And we don't feel that, you know, you should be allowed to make defamatory mm. comments that are untrue. Ouch. So that would and, have hurt her. Yeah. And, and so I really honestly think there's a lot of misinformation. People think it's their own private Facebook page. They think, you know, it's their private social media accounts. And they can get into a lot of trouble. I mean, the, the Australia is taking a stronger stance than a lot of other countries on social media, particularly lately. And I think that, that a lot of people are not aware of this. Mm. Well, it's, it's, it's so interesting to talk to you about this because so, so often we hear social media as being you know, the, the wonderful thing for small business. It's the, it's the way that you can promote and market and grow your business in, in ways that we've never had before. And, and there's obviously a 
degree of truth in that. It can work very, very effectively like that. But one point that jumped out to me from, well, a number of did, but one particular point with the, the opening of your article that you wrote is that a reminder that with Facebook, they can close your Facebook page whenever they want, without any notice, without any reason, but they can still talk to your community. I mean, that's pretty scary, isn't it? That's absolutely. And, you know, that's another thing that I think people most people don't do. They don't read the terms and conditions before they sign up or set up their account or whether it's on Facebook or whether it's on Twitter. And, you know, Facebook is one of the the serious offenders in terms of privacy and, and they've been, you know, committing a lot of breaches mm. with people's personal information. This is on the cusp, in my view, of the breach of what they can and can't do with people's personal information. And so a lot of people set up their businesses. There's a lot of mums that have set up their businesses on Facebook. They don't have websites, so they're reliant on whatever the terms say in Facebook. And Facebook, there's a section, I think it's Clause 2.1, that says that they own your data. Mm. And even though you close your account, you deactivate your account, they can keep your data for a period. And their argument is that, you might want to come along and reactivate your account at any time so they you know clearly have reason to believe that they should be keeping your data but in the meantime they can market to your clients they can they have no obligation to give your client list back to you so you've just lost everything they can overnight if they feel that either they get um, in my C folly example if C folly had have gone to Facebook and and claimed that this woman was was causing damage to the sea folly business facebook could overnight close her down mm. don't even have to give her a reason for it so i really think that that's that's something serious that i think people are not aware of yeah and i guess look and i i suppose it's also i'm, I'm not going to be the person anymore i think than you are to stand here and say hey don't go on facebook don't go on twitter don't use social media because of course that would be the death knell for, for, or certainly have a, a very large negative impact on a lot of businesses. But I think what you're saying is, 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 is just be cautious. If your whole business model is built around um, a, a business like Facebook, where they have control, they've got the, they've got their finger on the on and off switch, haven't they? And that's yes. the caution that you're talking about. But going back to the, the Seafall example, I mean. I guess what we can all learn from that is we just need to really think before we mention brands, before we mention organizations, individuals. Is, is, I mean, what, how would you advise or what would you be saying to a business who say, well, look, Vanessa, you know, I'm setting up this business. I'm going to go big onto Facebook. You're not going to say, well, don't do that. But how, what would you say? No, absolutely. I'd say it's a great way of um, engaging the community. It's a great way of gauging where your customer customers are at with your goods and services. I would say definitely, you know, use social media, but I would put a few measures in place. I would say you've got to monitor all your social media accounts. You're responsible for everything that goes up on your account. Mm. whether it's Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn, however you use your account. So if other people are posting things on your account, if they're posting pictures, if they're posting any images, if they're posting um, comments, you need to have some sort of process in place that monitors what's going up 
on your accounts because you're responsible for everything that goes up there. So if there is any anything defamatory, if there is misinformation, if there is even using someone else's image, you could end up in a copyright infringement um, mm. notice where you didn't even post the image. So I think people, first of all, need to have something in place that monitors um, what's going up, some sort of compliance, whether it's them or whether it's they've got you know, somebody checking from time to time what is going through their accounts. I think that is the first fundamental point. And then the second thing I would say is don't rely on, if you're selling goods and services, don't rely on Facebook, LinkedIn, their terms. Have your own terms. Make sure that people who are um, using your site are aware of what they can and can't post. Make sure that you have the right to take it down. You know, have some rules in place. And look, if you're selling goods and services through any social media outlet, you also need, consumer law requires you to have terms and conditions, dealing with things like refunds and, and warranties and, you know, those sorts of things. So you need your own terms and conditions anyway. Mm. And then I would say, sorry, just probably one other point is, um, you know, make sure that you understand that everything that goes on your site, including your advertisements, testimonials, all of that has, you know, there's the consumer law governs all of that. It requires you to make sure that you know that that's a true and correct testimonial. It's not false. Your advertisement isn't misleading. All of those, the same things that apply to any business, any physical business, apply online to the social media, whether it's social media or whether it's your website. Mm, that's, uh, look, it's uh, everything that you say is sounds when you say it, it sounds like, well, yes, of course. And yet, and yet I'm, I'm sure, I, I think, I think we're pretty, we're pretty good with flying solo in what we do. And we have policies and guidelines that we follow and so on. But, um, hearing you, hearing you go through that, it, it just, it's such common sense. And yes, it's, it's not, you know, you can bet your life. It's not stuff that the majority of small businesses would ever be considering. So it's, uh, is do you is there a within the sort of legal profession is there is there more and more focus on this area? I mean, is there one place that we can go? We can, I mean, I'm, maybe we can go to um, some website such as legal one two three dot com today. But I mean, is there is there one place we can go that says, okay, this is what you need to consider. This is how you should be doing it. Or is the is the legal profession still to a degree grappling with it themselves? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've, you've nailed it right on the head right there. The internet is growing so fast. It's changed the way we do business. It's changed the way we interact with one another. And social media is no different. Social media, in fact, has sped all of that up. It's made um, interacting on a business level uh, completely different. It's made, and part of the part of the issue with that is now everything is international. So mm. not only are you looking at um you know, dealing with Australian consumers, but also UK, US. And to that end, the law is sort of saying, you know, how are we going to monitor what goes on overseas and how can we control that? Well, Australia said, no, actually, we'll organize our own shop. We'll look after our own house. So anybody dealing with Australian consumers must abide by the consumer law. So they've quickly sort of 
cobbled together um, the new consumer law, which came in last year, mm -hmm. and it puts guidelines around, and it's aimed particularly at online businesses and online selling, and it also hits social media. So Australia, to answer your question, Australia doesn't have one piece of social media law. It doesn't have one piece of um, sort of legislation that you can look at or guidelines. But what it does have is it's been, you know, quickly trying to address um, online consumers and online sales. So it's, it governs advertisements, testimonials, and um, how you interact, what you can and can't do with the Australian public if you're selling or providing goods and services. Then the privacy law has been trying to catch up and say, you know, if you, if you are um, speaking, collecting any information from any of your customers or clients, you need to let them know what that is and how it is happening. How it's being used, yeah. So it, what's, what's been happening is um, Australian law is... <clears throat> Pardon me. Australian law is, is slow to catch up, but they're faster than some of the other countries. And what they've been doing is they've been looking at the other countries and saying, how are they dealing with social mm. media law? And the UK is probably a prime example, um, more so than the US. In the US, you can still argue, you know, it's my opinion or it's on my private account in a lot of the states. Mm. In the UK, they about 2009, they started jailing people for, I think there was an 18-year-old student who made death threats against, you know, one of her, her, um, uh, the kids she went to school with. Oh, okay. And they jailed her um, for 91 days. And another, um, another 21-year-old uh, was making comments about a child who was missing, presumed dead, mm. on his own Facebook account, derogatory <laughs> comments, and, and he was also jailed. And so just with basic comments and the way that um, the UK has been quickly jumping on this and saying, this is not okay, we're not going to tolerate this, there... Australia has also had a number of businesses, a number of um, social groups that have called for an examination of saying the law isn't catching up with this, but we have to deal with it somehow. Okay, so yes, we need to catch up with this somehow, but I mean, how? How, how, how on earth are we ever going to do this? Look, that's a really good question. I think um, Australia's decided that, um, you know, there's only so much legislation and they can only sort of try to make laws as fast as these issues arise. So they're really putting it over on the owners of the social media accounts to monitor and use some common sense. Um, the other thing they're doing is they're looking at the UK cases and they're saying, well, you know, we have to do something about that too. So we're making our own precedent. We had our first um, Twitter uh, case that was lost at the beginning of the year. It was a boy, a former schoolboy, against defamation against his teacher. Um, and that was the first case that had been, <clears throat> pardon me, that was the first case that had been lost by somebody who owned a Twitter account. He was saying it was his, his account, it was private, he was entitled to his opinion. And look, I think just some common sense really needs to be used mm. for, for businesses. You know, when you're running 
contests and things when you're um, marketing, you know, use some common sense. And, and as if you have a shop front professionalism, make sure that your, your advertisements are not false and misleading. If you're running a contest, make sure it's legal. Facebook has strong rules about what you can and can't do on, on contests. And, you know, there, there's really, you know, there are some silly sort of cases out mm. there, which Australia has said, this is this is just we're not acceptable. We're not going to put up with yeah. this, this. There was a case last year of, of Benden who ran a lingerie contest on Facebook and said, "Post pictures of your friends and yourself in lingerie." And parents came out and said, "No, that's, that's unacceptable." Okay. So I think a little bit of it is, is um, you know, sort of self-regulation. Mm. In right. Australia, I'm not, I'm not even going to begin to talk about work, <laughs> work in the new day that we do each year on Facebook. But uh, we do have some very clear rules around that, I should say. But it's interesting, and also he hearing you talk, you know, from the, the legal perspective, also just makes me realise that from a a marketing perspective, um, it's so important for businesses that have such a strong social media profile to continually work to. Um, garner some of that information in ways that they can kind of legally hold that information. In other words, it's it's drawing some of your Facebook people to perhaps receive a report from you or to um, you know trial a service from you and asking their permission to to have their details on your database. I mean, it's just so important, isn't it? Because otherwise we're in danger of building businesses where as I, as I mentioned earlier where someone else can turn it off and that's that's just not a viable business is it to be doing that no and and that's why I always counsel my clients to get a website up and running as quickly mm. as possible that is your business that's your shop front and you know once you sort of have gained a little bit of credibility on and I say Facebook because that's where a lot of businesses seem to start out to see if they can gauge any interest in their products or services. I, I am a big advocate of getting a website up as soon as possible, even mm. if it's something basic so you can hold on to your clients. You own then the content, you own your client list, you mm. own all of that business, and you're not reliant on you know, any sort of social media. No. No, very sound advice. Well, look, um, another couple of points I'd love to just raise. One is when I was looking around your, your website a little earlier, knowing that we were going to be talking, I was so, and I'm not trying to turn this into a, a sales pitch for you, but you know, I don't mind either. You know, it was, I was so pleased to see that you have sort of packages where you offer, you know, terms and conditions for small businesses that they can buy off the shelf in plain English. I mean, why, why is it so hard to find this stuff? You know, it's... You're, it sounds like that's what you're doing. That's increasingly where you're focusing your business is on helping startups and helping people do this sort of thing. Would I be right? It's it is. It's actually a passion of mine, and mm. it. I think it's really difficult. I'm. I take my hats off to anybody who starts uh, their own small business, an online business. It's always a lot more work than you anticipate. It always takes a lot more time, and there's so many aspects of it that you have to be concerned about and control, the last thing you should have to worry about is what your legal terms and conditions might be. Mm. And that is your biggest protection. And unfortunately, so many people go without. And then they were coming to me saying, you know, what do I do now? Mm. And I think that 
you know, if, if I can make it easier and, and affordable, it's, it's something that you just have, it is, you should not use any excuse to not have your legals. That should be one of the, the mm. first things you should have up there because you can, your assets, your personal assets are at risk mm. if you don't have um, something to protect you like terms and conditions. Yeah, it's, it's so true. And it's just so sad that in, in, in so many cases, it seems to me that um, the legal profession are used as kind of accident and emergency in small business. We go there when we've got a problem, whereas what, what I think we need to be doing, and perhaps some of it is also, you know, is your industry doing more of the sort of stuff that you're doing, which is making yourself much more accessible, is we need to be starting with a firm foundation and the right kind of base, don't we? As opposed to keeping our fingers crossed that everything's going to be all right. And then, you know, if it isn't, it's we get in all sorts of trouble. Yeah. And I think the the more proactive people are, I think the, the better it would be. But again, you know, as a lawyer, you can counsel people to be proactive. Oh, you know, you need, you need to ensure you have a disclaimer. And they say, yep, yep, yep. You need a will. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. You know, I, I have a thousand friends with mm. houses and children and they don't have wills. And it's always the last thing you do. And that's mm. what people do with their businesses too. Mm. And it's amazing to me the number that say, oh, I should have listened. I should have done that. I know I should have done that. <laughs> and it's so easy to just tick a box. And that's why we did that that product exactly why we did that product because we had so many people coming to us saying you know what do I do now it's a little mm. bit too late yeah no look it's um, it's right well I'm, I must say I'm very very happy that we've um, we've we've managed to um, find you and um, and lure you into the flying solo community so I think it's oh, you excellent have a we've got you great team you're fantastic to work with and I think what you do on the site with the the information that you provide is fantastic for startup businesses and I think it's so hard to be a startup business mm. and know everything. That's, you know, that's why we have a blog on Legal123 to try and, you know, keep people up to date. That's the Flying Solo tries to do the same mm. thing, to pull in all the information from, you know, all of the sources so that people have somewhere to go and I think that that's it's such a great resource mm. great well thank you very much for those kind of words now look I know from a little conversation we had before we started recording um, you know you you admitted that your business was to a degree slightly accidental which is in, interestingly is how a number of of small businesses do start you know you're, you're you're kind of maybe between jobs and someone says oh whilst you're doing that could you just do this the next thing you know you've got a business and I think to some degree that um describes perhaps how your business started from what you were saying what i'd love to know uh, you know and you're you're clearly not a, a native of, of australia you're canadian you've told me you've been here i think for about 20 years i'm really interested to know your response to who's been the the greatest influence on you and what have they taught you in your business <laughs> or your life that it's you know i must admit it's really difficult to pick just one person I think you move to different stages in your life and when you're a child you think anything is possible and you have this view that um, you know the world is yours and the people that you're in contact with are fairly limited they're your teachers they're your parents but I have to say you know at that time you, you know there's the sort of corny my father and he did he mm -hmm. sat me up on a uh, on a fence and said you know out of all the kids you set your mind to something you're the one that's going to 
be able to do it. And then you move into um, the working world and a corporate job and you realize there's actually limitations on all these things that you thought you could do before. But you look up to the people who, who have sort of surpassed those barriers of the politics of of the corporate world and, mm. and, you know, sort of managed to still maneuver and be happy and have a balance. And, you know, there's been, you know, a few board members and general counsel and, and CEOs along that route. But then you get into your, you get into your own business and, and you sort of open up again and you realize those possibilities that weren't there when you were in the corporate world are actually possible. You have more control. You can, avoid some of the pitfalls that you might have hit hmm. or the, the stoppages and the blockages you might have hit in the corporate world. And those possibilities sort of open up again. Hmm. So I don't know that that's really an answer to the question because there's been <laughs> so people So it doesn't sound like route. you're going to name names. It sounds like a number of people have influenced no, it, you at different stages. Yeah, and I think that that's, that's part of life and that's part of the importance of, of you know, sort of being influenced, being open to people who have the ideas and who, who are going in the direction you're going or interested in going at the, that particular time in your life. Hmm, okay, that's a, that's a very interesting response. I think it's, a, it's, I mean, your father did get a name check, so we should, we should <laughs> acknowledge him for that. Um, but that's interesting. So various people at various stages, I guess that's... that's um, I mean that's a good way to respond to it, and it, it's it. I, I, when I ask that question, I, I obviously you know have thought about it myself, and I, I have key people at certain stages that have that have influenced me in certain ways. But I think that's an acceptable response. It sounds. And I you're just, going to share them? No, not with not right <laughs> not right here right now. But uh, it's interesting. I was trying. I was I was thinking as you're going through that. Okay, so maybe what Vanessa thinks is more actually name a name because of this defamation issue with with the legal profession. But I don't think that's it, is it? I think you've, it's it's very genuinely the number of yeah, people who've right. contributed at different stages. And I've been very fortunate with that because mm. I've had some wonderful mentors and I've had some wonderful people come along, being very supportive, especially when they thought I was a crazy lady getting out of investment banking in the corporate world mm. to run my own business but uh, I wouldn't trade it for no. anything and look I think we've got to, all got to be ever so slightly crazy to be running our own business but all I can say is thank goodness you're running yours so look <laughs> for anyone that would like to find out more about you and also have a look at some of those great forms and really just see what's how the legal stuff can look when it's written in plain English, then I would suggest please pop along to legal123.com.au. Uh, Vanessa Emilio, thank you so much for sharing your time with the Flying Solo community and for the writing that you do for us. And um, we'll look forward to talking to you again sometime soon. Thank you so much for having me on, Robert. Thank you. And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo. I'm Robert Gerrish, and we hope you'll join us next time. If you're looking to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, you'll find heaps of resources at flyingsolo.com.au and a supportive community on our forums and Facebook. Thanks for listening.